I was absolutely terrified. Being seven years old and knowing that I was walking into a jail with people that were much older than me and, and scary looking. I remember getting in, having to get signed in, the, the, the gates, the locks, the, you know, the fences, the whole bit. And there's all these guys in like jail uniforms, the shaved heads. What's up? What's up? It's the Uncomplicated Podcast. Episode 11. Episode 11. And we just want to say thank you so much for all the comments and shares yes. and the feedback because this is our first time doing, well, it's not our first time doing a podcast, but it's our first time doing the kind of podcast where you actually participate by <laughs> asking questions. Look at all these questions that have come in. You know, I got a question. That was this just this week. week. Um, people wanted to know if that was you beatboxing in the intro. No, that's not me beatboxing in the in intro. People I wish I could beatbox like that. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, we have questions about faith, about the Bible, about relationships, about, I don't know, what are the, the questions that come in? We've had, we've hit some good ones so far. Big questions. Yeah. Big questions, small questions, anything that feels complicated. We are, our heart is that we want to help try to uncomplicate that for you. And we said we're going to do 12 kind of test episodes next week will be our last one and I yeah. think I have the best guest so far possibly my friend who is transgender mm -hmm. uh as on well I don't want to spoil the whole thing of his story he's going to come share his story how about what well, you can say that the episode will be about transgender which we get so many questions so on. many questions. so I think that'll be the 12th one I'm not saying that's the finale but I'm saying that we're I'm saying that, that we did say we're going to do 12 yep. as we reevaluate. So yeah. um, we got questions today about all sorts of stuff. I haven't looked through all the questions, but we have a team that takes them. Now, whether you comment on YouTube or Instagram or you go to justicecoleman.com uh, and you fill these out, we have a team of volunteers that are here in the office. They write these questions down and we go for them. Anything else before we get to the first question? Um, if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and do nice. that. We always feel cheesy kind of saying that, but the truth of the matter is if you do that, um, it helps uh, visibility and it'll help get the word out and hopefully this podcast will help someone. So if you'll do that and mean the world to us. Yeah. And if you're looking for a Bible, oh yeah, we will give you a free Bible, the uncomplicated New Testament. Best gift ever. Yeah, because, you yeah. know, most of the people who are watching this are not are not followers of Jesus. Just mm -hmm. people, maybe it's you. You're searching on YouTube for a question, and bam, this kind of came up, and that's our aim. And so, hey, let's get into these. Let's do it. Uh, go ahead. I know that they kind of organize in categories, so the first one should be the same. The first few should be the same. Struggling with believing in God, but so angry with organized religion. I can't be there. Next question, I'm guessing is similar. What do you say to those who struggle with organized religion but have faith? Next question, can you be a follower of Christ, not attend a church building? Next question, do we go to heaven if we believe in Jesus but keep on sinning? Well, that one's a little bit different. Let's let's. Let's take these first three ones. What's the right. theme of these first three questions? And thanks, guys, for putting these together. Oh, let's introduce Eric. Yeah. Eric's on the mic. Hey, guys. Good morning. So glad you're here. Eric, uh, have you seen the new Top Gun movie? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> I have. I walked into the office this morning. I was like, Eric, did you work on any of the Top Gun missiles? And no. the truth is, you did. You you do work at a factory, right? You do work at, a, at the Pentagon a or something? <laughs> 
Yeah, like little Vernon Shirley. Effect. What is your connection with Top Gun and the <laughs> weapons? What is your connection? I, I do, do want to tell you that I did teach a class one time, uh, Palmdale Gate 13. A little more about that. You'll have to look it up. But it's uh, Northrop Grumman's unmanned aerial uh, systems. And so, yeah. <laughs> what did he just say? He I'm said unmanned sure. aerial systems. <laughs> I don't know he taught it. He taught it. He means. taught it. Why don't we have Eric as a guest? Should, we should uh, just talk to Eric. He told me that the part, he, he, that here in Chatsworth, the missiles that were on one of the planes is something that he supervised or something like that. I don't Incredible. Know. So, uh, when you, Eric, hear these questions about organized religion, why don't you do a Google search? Tell me what, you know, are people. More on board with organized religion, less on board with it. Um, I get, I mean, we got this question a number of times, mm -hmm. and I, this is the one that really I think hit stuck out to me struggling with believing in God, but so angry with organized religion, I can't be there. So, what the kind of person would ask this question as you're looking that up, Eric? What kind of question, what kind of person would be so frustrated with organized religion that they, they can't even be there, Maria? They can't even like come into yeah. the building. Something's happened, yeah. yet there's something that's pulling them. It's like, I believe there's a God, so maybe agnostic or maybe... Well, I think, I think sometimes uh, we can get hurt okay. in church. Okay. Someone, I think when we come to faith or we're at um, a, a community of faith, I think that we open up our hearts and our ourselves a little bit. We get to this vulnerable place because we encounter God and it's awesome and it's beautiful. But then sometimes, you know, the church is full of people <laughs> and people, we're all messed up. We're all in a process of becoming more like Jesus. But yeah. sometimes I think we get hurt in that context and we're so much more open and vulnerable that that pain is just that much yeah, you're deeper, in a vulnerable spot. that much uh, more painful. And so um, I think we can get hurt with people in a church yeah, and then say, well, this is the church's fault. Or yeah. there are times where the leadership at church maybe did something that you didn't agree with or that hurt you. And um, we, I, I know I've, in, in the past, in my, you know, youth wanted to blame the church, not the person. So when I this person says organized religion, they might not just be talking about Christian church. This is true. Yeah. But they're believing in God. So, uh, you know, so what maybe. is organized religion? Let's break down those two words. Sure. What's organized mean? What's the organization side of it? Mm -hmm. What does the religion mean? So organized religion could be somebody who's Jehovah Witness or Mormon right. mm -hmm. or any of the religions mm -hmm. out there, any of the 30,000 different mm -hmm. versions uh, sure. or denominations of Christian faith. And they're saying, hey, I am so turned off by the organized side. Mm -hmm. Is there a version that's not organized that is less, uh, I'm less susceptible to getting maybe hurt or is less is more trustworthy because it's almost like the more organized it is, the more power it has. And the truth mm. is, is that the reason why people don't like organized religion, at least one of them, is because it's run by people, just, <laughs> just to let you know. Yeah. So the people who are in charge to organize it, who have the most, for lack of a better word, power, power. Mm -hmm. those people that are uh, standing up front and telling you how to live your life or, or whatever they're saying, sure. th they're, they're human beings. Mm -hmm. And then they're organizing a bunch of people for whatever purpose. So let's say that purpose is... Uh, attending a service. Let's say that purpose is feeding, uh, feeding people who are hungry. Let's mm -hmm. say that purpose is 
um, a drug rehabilitation center where volunteers are taking turns uh, mentoring and sponsoring people. Either no matter how no matter how good the effort is, it's still people behind the effort, yeah. and people make mistakes, and people have agendas on accident. Sometimes they don't even realize it, and people say things and do things in, like you said, one of the most vulnerable times of their life when mm -hmm. they're seeking God. So as long as people are in charge of organized religion, you're going to have yeah. human consequences. Yeah, you know, um, what is one of your first? What is one of your first experiences like when you think of? organized religion what was the first time you ever organized around your faith well I grew up in church I think uh my earliest memories are being you know at church and that's just been part of my entire life so I have and I been think part a lot of people sorry to interrupt you I think a lot of people think of church services as organized religion sure right they think of like oh catholic church I go to service mm -hmm. and that's what it is but you and I both know that that's a small sliver of what right of what faith communities do Hundred percent. So, um, when you you're talking and you, what's your earliest memory? I remember, um, this moment where my aunt had invited me to come on a Saturday. Our church used to, um, the church that I attended at the time, uh, used to go to juvenile detention centers. What's a juvenile detention center? It is a jail for minors. So mm -hmm. anyone 18, under 18, these are criminals. These are people that have broken the law and they're serving their time. And they would go to a different juvenile detention center every Saturday on their day off um, to have birthday parties. Wow. Um, for these guys kids yeah these kids that kids who made bad mistakes made some bad decisions and have ended up in this place so they do a little like service and then they throw a birthday party and they'd give them you know wow. a present of toothbrushes and toothpaste whatever you know was allowed because they were in jail <laughs> really couldn't bring a lot but um a cake um, and how old were you when you first started doing that I think I was seven years old and I remember the first time it was called Camp Rocky I'll never forget it because I was absolutely terrified. I was this little girl and, you know, I, I led a pretty sheltered life. I mean, I, and so I remember my aunt inviting me and my parents saying I could go and there's part of me that kind of wanted to go. But again, being seven years old and knowing that I was walking into a jail, you know, um, with people that were much older than me and, and scary looking. What do they look like? Um, I remember, okay, so I remember getting in, having to get signed in, the, the the gates, the locks, the, you know, the fences, the whole bit, and just being so like almost shaky. And I walk in and there's all these guys in like jail uniforms, the shaved heads. And I'm just like, you know, holding on to my aunt, like they're going to murder me. I, am I going to make it out alive? And so we go to, we get, you know, escorted to the place where we're going to have the service and this birthday party. And um, I, I was asked to like sing a song right? I, I've been singing and dancing and playing the piano since I was a little girl. And so um, they wanted me to open up the service. And I remember just being terrified, my hand shaking. It was a room of like 200 oh my criminals and all shaved heads and tattoos and, and tattoos. Yeah. And, you know, my experience when I first came to Christ too, I started serving, I went to juvenile detention centers to serve like this. And when you see kids with tattoos, that's freaky. Yeah. Kids with tattoos. I mean, 
I was so face. young that they yeah. felt so much older than me. But yes, I mean, tattoos, shaved heads, and they don't feel like kids. jail. They did not feel like kids, yeah. no. And I remember finishing the last note and the room erupting and like applause oh and gosh, smiles. It. And it was so, um, it was this moment where I went from like fear to like connection. Okay. Um, all of a sudden these were human beings. Mm. These were, uh, and I remember getting to like talk to people after and they were so kind and, you know, they, they had made some bad mistakes, but yeah. they, I just remember being blown away by like the humanity of who they were. Like it went from just fear to like, whoa, yeah, these are people that God has, God has created. Why, why am I scared? You know, they were wow so appreciative of a, a cake. Like when no one, you know, most of these people, no one's coming to see them, their families, they don't have family. So like this meant so much to them. I would see them hug the other people that we, you know, we had brought and they had, were building relationships with these kids that, you know, were, were down and out. And I just remember, um, just a shift in the way I saw people. Mm. Um, at a young age and if it wouldn't have been for a organized religion I guess you could say a group wow. of people that were willing to give up their day off to go love people and, and wow. serve people that were pushed were marginalized because of mistakes they had made yeah, forgotten people forgotten people yeah, yeah that um I don't know if I would have I might have just always kind of been fearful of people that didn't look like me or that made bad wow. decisions and um I loved going that was the first time I remember it was so scared and then I loved it so much that for years wow I would go with my aunt my uncle and go do this and it was a passion of theirs because wow. um okay just go yeah. ahead and tell everybody that's how we met I, that's you were in a juvenile yes. detention center. No, this is not true. What was uh, the question again? The, the question struggling again. with believing in God, but so angry with organized religion, I can't be there. And so then you tell a story about how at seven years old, there began this rhythm in your life mm -hmm. where you would go every Saturday with your aunt mm -hmm. to serve people. Yeah. This is no strings attached. No. Nope. You didn't get paid to do this. Nothing. You got nothing out of this. Mm -hmm. You were bringing birthday cakes and, sing, and singing and dancing, performing. <laughs> you were remembering people's names. Yeah. You were bringing, uh, putting money on their accounts to buy commissary stuff. You're, you're, you're just serving. You're just building a relationship with these people mm -hmm. for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. You just, you had, you, you were, you were being, tr you were being taught a worldview that everybody is deserving of love. Yeah. And that forgotten people need to be remembered. Yeah. That everybody is equal in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. And that the way of Christ is to visit people who are in prison. Matthew yeah. 25. Yes. Jesus says, where were you when I was in prison? Did you come visit me? Right. Because I'm going to ask you that. When you die, you're going to stand before me. It says in Matthew 25. I'm going to ask you, where were you when I was in prison? Yeah. And so when, when I hear that story, I think I'm glad that whatever church that was, whatever faith that was, you know, I know it was a Christian faith, organized that, because without the organization, you're not going to be able to get into a, a into a juvenile camp. Right. You, 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 that takes an actual, that takes background checks, and mm -hmm. it takes someone driving the van to get there, and it takes somebody paying for, you know, whatever resources that are needed. So 
wow, that's a great answer. Yeah. And one of my favorite things you said was um, it changed the way that you saw people. It did. So at seven years old, you you now see people differently. Yeah. Tell me more about that. I think we you can. You said connection. Yeah, I think we can be um, fearful of things we don't know. Yeah. And unless we put ourselves in positions to learn mm. <laughs> or opportunities to serve, mm. um, that it can be scary, mm. the unknown scary to people. And so I think in our world, um, the U.S. of A, you know what I mean? Criminals, um, transient people, uh, people that aren't like us, that aren't in our context, um, we can marginalize them very easily. Mm. And I think everything um, that I've experienced in organized religion, I, I don't necessarily even love that term, but um, for the sake of the conversation, um, has allowed me to connect with people in in those contexts where I wouldn't have ever had the opportunity um, or even the idea to do that. So the organization uh, oriented you around not just not just the faith side of your personal, right? You know, religion, but around the way you see and treat people. Like that, that has it puts you in a position to yeah. practice one hundred percent what you were learning mm-hmm. and. I don't like the term organized religion either. Yeah, I don't I, like it. I hear it all the time. I know we're using it. And, for but I would propose this, and I've said this before, rather than seeing our church, I would say, as organized religion, what if we saw it as organized relationships? Right. Because that's really what we're doing is we're, we're organizing people. It's not just an organization. It's an organism, right? Mm-hmm. So it, this is a bunch of volunteers and a bunch of people that are choosing to be there who are saying, you know, what does it look like to choose my time yeah. in this area and to choose to spend my money on these people mm-hmm. and choose to give my friendship to these people. Mm-hmm. And that organization at seven years old set a trajectory for your life, how the way you saw every single person after that. Yeah, I was looking at the questions, you know, one of the other ones, because thankful for the team putting, putting these kind of in categories here, but one of them is, can you be a follower of Christ and not attend a church building? You weren't in a church building, Mm -mm. but you were being a follower of Christ. Yeah. And so I think that organized religion, we immediately default to this idea of services and people wearing robes and people incense and people giving sermons and stand up, sit down, kneel, don't wear this, don't do this. And that's not the only thing being organized. You know, in fact, I would say that that's the easiest part. The easiest part (laughs) is that part. Organizing (laughs) services. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. So... Man, that's a great answer. Do you what do you say to those who struggle with organization but have organized religion but have faith? That was the third one. So we got we talked about the word organized. Right. Rather than organizing just religion, you're organizing people. You're organizing relationships. Right. But now we got to talk about that word religion. Yeah. Which is a charged It's a very charged y- word. Yeah. Um When you hear religion, what do you think? I don't love the word. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, um, I think it's so convoluted yeah. um, and it, it means, means so things. many things yeah. to different people. Um, I think in our Christian faith, um, Jesus came not to 
bring organized religion. He came to have a relationship with Mm. us. And so at the core of who Jesus is and what he came to do, religion almost feels like it flies in the face. That word flies in the face of what Jesus came to do here on earth. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it almost seems like the religious people are the bad guys. Right. Because they're the ones that seem to be getting it wrong in Jesus' eyes. I see Eric waving me down over here. Air Bear, what you got? Yeah, I just wanted to share. I love the topic. Uh, so uh, Pew Research Center. I love Pew Research. Yeah, good stuff. Um, today, you know, they, they uh, we hear, I hear, and, and a lot of people hear that uh, it's more it's more common for people to use the word, I'm spiritual, but mm. not religious, mm. right? Uh, we hear that a lot, even at Freedom Church. Uh, uh, approximately one in four adults in the United States now identifies as such, spiritual. Interesting. So people will say... I'm okay with identifying with being a person that believes in God and believes that I'm more than just physical, but I'm spiritual too. Mm-hmm. But don't put me in a category that like these people, because yeah. I, I can't identify with that. So I have to kind of make my own spiritual category. So right. I, I have a friend the other day, um, he posted a picture on Sunday morning uh, out doing something like a hike or something. I'll just say that. And he put like hashtag church (laughs) and it was like, you know, I'm not the kind of guy who gets into it on Instagram. Yeah. But I definitely had to have a conversation with him because it's like, dude, just because you're doing something that makes you feel like you're connecting with God Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that is necessarily legit (laughs) there's a lot of things that make me feel like i'm connecting with god that i just can't turn around and call that church right but i think some people want religion Mm -hmm. to be you know only the feel good side sure but religion there's a reason why people don't like that word yeah because religion is about the orthopraxy it's about the Mm -hmm. it's about the Things that you do that help you change. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows that you cannot change and be comfortable (laughs) at the same time. At the same time. So people are like, I don't like the religion part because I don't like the uncomfortable part. Mm -hmm. But if you think about God being like a father, he is, he wants to help us grow. and, And fathers don't just prescribe things to their kids that they like all the time and so well and I also think when I hear the word religion that so often it's just a set of rules right here's the practices that you have to live by and if you don't you're condemned right I feel like there's a lot of like uh rules in condemnation maybe guilt shame that come along with not living uh within the parameters of that religion right. and so it feels just I don't know. I don't even have a word for it. It's just like well, let me ask you. When, constraints is did, what I I feel like a lot of people feel when they hear the word religion. Yeah. Okay. I can't speak for all these other organized faiths, mm-hmm. but I can speak for. Um, I think I can speak pretty confidently on what Jesus came to do. Yeah. Do you really think Jesus came to set up a religion? Do you think that that's what? Do you think that is no, the mission? Absolutely not. But I think somewhere. Um, in it, it got lost in translation. I think people hear that word and that word because there are so many other contexts 
of religions or so many other religions, most of the time it's this uh, moralistic yeah, what was this other parameters question? of this is how you have to live your life. And Jesus, if you read the Bible and you study his teachings, it's nothing of the sorts. It's I, well, I came to have a relationship with you, you know? And yeah, well, John 8 verse, I think like 30 something, I don't know. He says, if you hold to my teachings, Jesus mm-hmm. says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. Which is the opposite <laughs> of what people think of religion. Right. People don't think of religion and freedom. Right. They think of religion and rules. Yep. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. What I came to do mm-hmm. was to teach you how to be free, not how to stay To live bound. life to the fullest, not confined, not bogged down. I read this next question that comes in. Do we go to heaven if we believe in Jesus but keep on sinning? And so I hear that and I'm like, well... So this is, this is, you're putting the movement of Jesus in the same category right. as everything else mm-hmm. where you do this or you don't do that and you get in or you get out. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I'm going to stand. Where's the line? Yeah, exactly. I'm going <laughs> to stand before, you know, I'm going to stand before these gates and they're either going to be opened or they're going to be closed mm-hmm. based on what I did or what I didn't do. But yeah. that's not the message of Christ. No. You know, his message is you are going to be in eternity with me or you're going to stay out of eternity with me not based on what you do but based on what i do yeah (laughs) so it's not so so religion by definition to 99.9 percent of people who are watching or listening right now is if i do like this question says this this and this do i make it in right right and then religion has become there's some guy who stands at the front of a room Mm -hmm. that guy has a special robe or a special hat. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you have a special robe or hat? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Special collar, special whatever, right? Sure. But this is this is the, the there's 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 there it's there's ornament there's a side of this that yeah, says yeah, yeah. this robe that I have on or this this hat or whatever this is saying that I am the one who has the 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 mediation. Mm-hmm. I'm the priest. So like a priest is somebody who stands between God and man, right? Yeah. So, so religions have priests, they have holy men, right? Like think about when, uh, think about uh, the Lion King. Remember when Mufasa is dedicating his son, mm-hmm. uh, Simba, and then who holds Simba up and presents him to everybody? Rafiki. Rafiki. Hello. Rafiki. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Rafiki. Whenever I get boring, please break out into the song. Thank you. So, um, R- Rafiki uh, he's the priest. People yeah. don't realize that. Remember, he has the dice and he has the lots and he has the whole thing where, like, he's like, yes, that's the thing. So he is the guy who stands between the person mm-hmm. and and so 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 what Christ declares mm-hmm. is that there is no mediator between God and man anymore. Right. He is our high priest. Yeah. So it's just us in a direct connection with God. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who stands in between and says oh, well, if you sinned, then you need to go do A, B, and C, and then you get back in the good graces of God, and right. then you're, you know what I mean? That's not that's not how it works. Are there roles for, for, for priests? Yes, because there's roles where you serve people, yeah. and you help bring them to Christ. Mm-hmm. But the job of a priest is to bring them to Christ, not to stand in between you and Christ. Right. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. So, like, people think of religion as if I do A, B, and C, I get to God. If I don't do this, this, and this, then I stay close to God. Right. But Jesus goes, no, 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 I got something for you. It's called the cross. <laughs> Come on, preach. The cross is what you need. 
yeah. right? So when I screw up and I make mistakes, it is important that I confess my sin or I talk about it because the scripture says that that's part of my healing process. But at the end of the day, I have a direct connection to God. Right. I don't have to go do do things that pay off that that right. That, that well, and the truth of the matter is is we could have never gotten to God. Yes. Right. God is holy. He's just, and we are sinners and we're, we're all messed up. And so there was no way for us humanity to ever get to God unless God came to us. Preach. And so when Jesus came to earth, he made a relationship possible. He left heaven to come to earth yeah. to make that possible. And so anytime there's something in the middle of that relationship with God, it kind of flies in the face of Jesus's work on the cross. 100%. He made it possible. And so God in his grace said like, you'll never be able to get to me. So I'll come to you. And so when I people hear so organized religion, they may be thinking you're organizing steps for me to get to God. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus goes, that's annoying because yeah. all your steps could never get you to me. Right. No matter what you do, you could never earn your way or work your way to a holy God. Right. Right. It's just that it's just God is so holy and we are, by nature, <laughs> just selfish people that yep. are going to keep choosing ourselves. Can I go to heaven and keep on sinning? Well, here's the answer. I hope so because I'm going to keep on <laughs> sinning. Like, like spoiler alert, you know what I mean? There's going to be something I say today, you know, right. something I do today that is not glorifying to God and would technically be the wrong choice and be sin because mm -hmm. the word sin means to miss the target. That's what that word means. Right. It's not going to be a bullseye, you know? So, uh, I'm I'm grateful for God's grace. Yeah. If it wasn't for the cross, then I I, I it would almost be like it, it would almost be hopeless. Right. And it and it would be. And so mm -hmm. Jesus seeing that it's hopeless goes, since you can't get to me, like you beautifully said, since you cannot get to me, I will come to you. Yeah. And and uh so when we talk about religion, if your religion is about the things that you do to get to God or to make yourself worthy or to make yourself clean mm -hmm. or to make yourself good enough. That's not that. Of course, that's oppressive. Yeah. That's oppressive. If you think that some person can stand in front of a community of people, dictate your life, your behaviors, tell you what to do to make God look at you differently or love you more or more accepted by him. That's oppressive. Yeah. And that's manipulative. And it's going to you give this money. You serve this time. You do this. You make it to this certain number of people to make it to heaven. The rest don't. Right. You, you do this and you, you know, you get more points with God. Man. It's just not anywhere in the teaching of Christ. Right. The the teachings of Jesus is best, I think, exemplified in your story of how like you went and served people, mm -hmm. like Jesus said. You know, he <laughs> said, Where were you when I was in prison? So you went with your aunt at seven years old. And as a result, you changed. Yeah. You changed. Yeah. Now you see people. I'm sure my little song didn't change their life. <laughs> I was the one <laughs> that God changed the way I saw people in yeah. my heart. Yeah. yeah. You changed. Yeah. And and that's what organized relationship is about yeah. is is continuing to walk out the practices that Jesus shows us so that we connect with God and we connect with people. Jesus says the way that you show God how much you love him mm -hmm. is by the way you love other people. Right. And you going and loving those guys and the people who are incarcerated there, that didn't just change their life, it changed your life. And that's exactly how faith is supposed to work. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes um, 
in, in, in many organized religions that you were talking about that priest character, that person in charge. I think sometimes uh, people have uh, what what ends up happening is they begin to put um, their expectation of uh, God on that person. 100%. They become their God a little bit. They're very 100%. elevated. Um, and what's that very, do to their expectations? They're revered. <laughs> you know, they're honored. And some of that's okay, but a lot of it's not healthy. And yeah. all of a sudden, the moment that that person messes up or is human or makes a mistake or says something uh, that they don't feel like God should be saying, they are very let down. There's also the other side of that where, you know, the church, like you said, is made up of people and we're all, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're human we're, we make mistakes, we sin, we, we mess up. And I mean, I think that question about someone being so angry, um, I, 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 we can't probably, we can't skim over it saying that sometimes there's an abuse of power yeah. in an organized, uh, religion that causes so much pain. And I think sometimes that's where, um, people have a hard time believing in God when there's been so much, uh, hurt and pain in the place where God is. People go to a church expecting to find heaven. Yeah. But what they find is a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like churches, organized religion is a bunch of people who are saying, I can't do this on my own and yeah. I need someone to guide me. Yes. And we come at a vulnerable time. We come at a time when we need help mm-hmm. and we're broken and we enter this community of people and we enter this process of going through these practices and learning um, and uh, about about the teachings of Christ. And we, we, like you said, put the wrong expectations on people. Yeah. And, you know, you, can, you can't have too high of expectations on God. Mm-hmm. Like raise your expectations on God. Yeah. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask or imagine. Yeah. Ephesians 3.20. Mm-hmm. God, God has raise your expectations on God, but the wrong expectations on God is a different conversation. Right. And sometimes we expect God to do things that he didn't promise he was going to do. Right. We expect it to happen in a time (laughs) that we prom that he never promised he would do it in, but we do the same thing with people. Yeah. We have too high of expectations on leaders, Mm -hmm. too high of expectations on other Christians. Sure. On the people of our church. And we got to remember that they're just, they're with us. They're trying to figure it out too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you have a, a leader or someone in church um, acting like they have it all together all the time, <laughs> they start to fool people. Right. You know, and I, I one of my favorite, my, one of my, the greatest compliments I ever get is when people say that when they come to our community of faith that they feel like it's a real. Yeah. Because I don't think people are looking for a perfect pastor. No. Nope. I think they're looking for a real pastor. I don't think they're looking for a perfect church. They're just looking for a real church. Yeah. Not authentic. looking for perfect, perfect friends, mm-hmm. but real friends. Yeah. And, um, Yeah. We have an invisible sign out front of our church that people forget to read. <laughs> well, how can they if it's invisible? It says no perfect <laughs> people allowed. Eric's waving me down. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask, like, uh, how, how that how that relates to the millennials. I know you mentioned that earlier. Millennials. First of all, who is a millennial? Yeah, that's good. I want to know that. It's a good question. I want to know who a millennial yeah. is because... We got I'm, some some of our team in the room I pointing feel, at themselves. <laughs> I feel like Gen X. Okay, I grew up watching the X Games. Okay, my skateboard had a point on the front and a tail on the back. All right, 
If you put me in the millennial category, I'm not going to say I'm going to take it personally, but what I technically, by definition, Eric, is a millennial? Yeah, relating to people belonging to the generation of people born in the 80s or 90s. So, so um, I guess technically you are my love. Whatever. So, what's your, what, what were you going to contribute there? You were going to say something about millennials, maybe the church. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, one out of four, you told us, identifies as spiritual, but right. they don't want to be an organized religion. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And, and uh, uh, what we found is, um, so so Pew Research says one in four members of the millennial generation is unaffiliated with any particular faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Americans ages 18 to 29 are considerably less religious than older Americans. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I mean, I think it plays into everything we've been talking about. People are the ones that cause pain and eat. The only person that can cause you pain is another human being probably. And I think... Um, I have a theory. Let's hear it. I think that for most people, they believe religion is school. So they think that they go to church to learn something. Like like, like I go to church to hear a sermon. I think that's what they think. And then they go, well, I can learn that anywhere now. So millennials are digital ah, natives. That's right. I mean, so we all, we can get if we want a sermon, we can go on YouTube. Right. But even though the scripture says faith comes from hearing the word of God, which mm-hmm. is important, Romans ten, uh, we grow by putting into practice what we're learning. Yeah. Like your story, I just keep coming back to your story. It's a great <laughs> example of a seven-year-old who started actually serving people, and you'll never see people the same as right. a result of that season of your life. Yeah. And your you know the 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 teachings of that are different from from Mormonism or Jehovah Witness or Buddhism or or any of these other faiths, I mean the 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 the, the difference is we're we don't there's no strings attached in what we're doing. Yeah. So if a Christian serves somebody, Jesus says if you give somebody a glass of water in my name, it counts. Right? It doesn't count as in like it gives you more points in heaven, but it shows God that you love him. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it could be, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, that people think of organized religion as Sunday services and they yeah. go, I can do without that because all that is is a sermon. Yeah. I don't need to show up to a building like that question said. That makes sense. To do that. And then I think that, that all that is is the front door to the public gathering of people right. where everybody assembles. But that's not, you know, our, our faith is not built around just gathering once a week. Right. It's about who we are outside of the building. But the building is kind of the rally point. Right. I think too, I think, I think you're onto something. I mean, we live in this digital era where everything is accessible whenever we want. So people can say like, Oh, I'll get it in. I don't need that. Um, I also think like you said, um, to piggyback on it is that people think of the church as the building, Mm -hmm. um, where I know we think much differently. We Mm -hmm. think we are the church Mm -hmm. and, uh, the people (laughs) are what, what we would identify as the church and whether you're in the building or outside the building, we are still the church of of Jesus. And that's a steeple. Here's a church. Mm -hmm. Here's a steeple. Uh, Open the doors. You don't know it. You got to go. Here's the church. Okay. 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 Here's the steeple. Okay. Look inside and here's all the people. Look inside and here's the church. So that's where we, we grew up. Yeah. The church is in here. And then you not, this. not like this. closed with the doors closed and hiding inside the church. Um, yes. So yeah. I think too, um, we can think of a location or, a, you know what I mean? Like that's the church where as followers of Jesus, we believe we're the church. One of my favorite verses, James one twenty seven, 
James, the brother of Jesus, the mm-hmm. half-brother of Jesus, writes part of the Bible, mm-hmm. okay? James goes his whole life thinking Jesus is just a man, not God. Right. Actually thinks that he's lost his mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a part where, where James is with his mom, and they're trying to actually get Jesus to stop teaching, and they try to pull him out, and they go, aren't you his brothers and sisters? And, the, and then James, and, and James's family says he's, he's lost his mind. Yeah. So there's actually a whole thing on this. James sees Jesus raised from the dead. Yep. He can't argue with that. <laughs> okay, you are. His brother was dead. Yeah. His brother is alive. God. <laughs> you are God. You are God come to earth, right? And so then everything kicks into motion. Mm-hmm. James rises and becomes actually one of the leaders in the early church, right? In chapter 1, verse 27, incredible letter that James writes to the church. Okay, I think it's only five chapters if you ever want to read it. He says this, what is religion? James, the brother of Jesus, goes, what is religion? He answers it. He says, true religion is this. You know what he says? True religion are those that take care of widows and orphans and keep themselves unpolluted from the world. Yeah. In other words, don't give into the selfishness of the world. You take care of people like widows who in the first century couldn't take care of themselves. They right. couldn't work. They did nothing. They, they relied on the church to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And orphans. Yeah. Kids who don't have parents who would be treated like garbage if it wasn't for a faith community taking care of them. Yeah. And not give into the selfish and, 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 and ego-driven vanity of the world that is all about your own reputation and glory but instead put other people before yourself. He says, those three things, that's what true religion is. So good. I love that. Mm -hmm, But we don't think that way. Nobody goes, hey, how do you feel about religion? Everyone goes, ugh, religion. (laughs) Makes me throw up in my mouth. And James is like, let me tell you what real religion is. Yeah. Real religion is when you're when you when you put when you put your money where your mouth is, when you put your time in your calendar and your checkbook, you align those with the the values of Jesus where you're helping people who can't help themselves. You're standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves. Yeah. You're, you're answering needs to a neighborhood or a city that would have no answer if it wasn't for people saying, I will volunteer yeah. to help those people. How about even just your context where you are taking care of the people around you? Yeah. So good. So the last question was, you know, we talked about was, can I keep on sinning? Uh, <laughs> if I, and still, still go to heaven. <laughs> and, you know, I think just going back to your story about serving in the in the the ten, the, the detention center, the the, mm-hmm. the juvenile center, is like when the closer you draw to God, the the more you want to stay close to Him and get even closer. Yeah. And so, there's a difference between struggling with sin, like right. man, I got this habit that I just can't break, or man, I messed up. I I hate that I messed up. God, I'm sorry. As opposed to like, can can I? Is it permissible? Yeah. Is it okay if I keep on doing What's the example what I'm of doing? that? Um, I don't know. You think of one. I'm, I, first thing I think of is the, the hardest area of our life to overcome is always going to be uh, sexual sin. Sure. Right? Sexual sin is like the hardest thing, right? So he's like, <clears throat> can I still be a Christian but sleep with my girlfriend? Right? Can I still be a Christian sure. but live with my boyfriend? Yeah. You know? And what you're asking yourself there is, do I love... Christ more than I love my girlfriend. Yeah. That's the question. Mm-hmm. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to have both. You're trying to you're trying to say, oh, I'm still a follower of Jesus, but I don't actually do what he says. Right. I, I, I follow Jesus. I, this, this is better, but I don't trust what he says. It's mm. probably a better way to say it. And what it comes down to is 
Jesus says, you're either for me or you're against me. And he draws this line on the sand. Everyone loves that line, you're for me or against me. They forget Jesus made that up. <laughs> you're either for me or you're against me. And he would say, hey, what's better for you is to take this gift of sex that I have made on purpose. Mm -hmm. God invented sex. Yep. That's his idea. Sex was happening between Adam and Eve and the two were becoming one before the fall. Right. Like before sin entered the world, Running there was around sex. naked. Having sex all the time in this lush garden. Just like our house. This <laughs> this <laughs> happened in the garden. Sex happened in the garden oh before Lord. sin. As in, sex was a good thing. It was yeah. a worship thing. It was wonderful. It was between man and woman, this covenant relationship. Then sin happens, mm -hmm. right? People think that sex happened because of mistakes. But, but while everything was good, yep. that was in the original design. So... God says, I have a design for this mm -hmm. and it's for you yeah. and your husband and it's for just the two of you and it's for bringing you closer together and it's for pleasure and bonus, you get some kids. Like it's all sorts <laughs> of great, it's for comfort, it's for, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. it's for bonding, it's wonderful. And you want to you wanna take what I've made and you want to use it for your purpose and instead of trusting me mm -hmm. for my best. And what you're saying is, is you don't, you, what you're saying is you want the corrupted version of this, not my version of this. Mm -hmm. But if you loved me, John 13, you'd obey me because yeah. when you obey me, you actually get the best mm -hmm. for your life. Yeah, right. And so freedom. the person who's saying, can I keep struggling with sin? Can I keep drinking? Even though my husband is, it's pulling me away from my husband and it's straining my relationship with my kids. And mm. uh, can I keep looking at pornography? Can I keep, spouting off in anger and 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 saying things that i regret and going back and fixing it can i keep whatever the struggle is can yeah. i keep using can i keep uh spending my money only on myself all the time uh whatever it is there has to come a point where you say i actually love and desire god more than these other things yeah and that is what salvation is mm -hmm. salvation is when you are being when you have encountered freedom and you want to stay free yeah that's what salvation is the word for saved in the new testament it's used 60 something times is the word sozo mm -hmm. and that word means healed right. but it means body and spirit healed so when jesus says you are saved you know or get up and walk yeah you are saved your 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 faith has saved you. So, so he doesn't just mean that you, you know, make it to heaven. Right. It means you heaven happens now. It means you heaven, are free now. Heaven happened to you. You yeah. got healed. <laughs> Salvation, exactly. Yeah. Salvation means freedom. So good. So if you if you are in sin, you are enslaved. Mm. So salvation is I don't ever want to go back to that dungeon again. Right. I never want to have to use that again. I never want to be that person again. I never want to uh, choose my way over God's way. I want to stay close to God. So to answer your question, can you be Can saved? you go to heaven, I think was the Yeah, can you go to heaven and still struggle with sin, right? The answer is struggling, yes. Yes, struggle, struggle is an indicator that you're fighting. You're still fighting yeah. to overcome that sinful side of you that is slowly going away yeah. and changing. Was I boring you there? No, that was good. I was just rereading the question. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Anything else? I think that's it. I think we've got episode 11 in the books. Well, why don't you pray for people who 
Yeah. Or, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I think this, this podcast is going to resonate because they're like, you know what? I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be in a building. I don't want to be around those people. I just want to do my own thing. I just want to like have my own relationship with God, just me and God. Yeah. And that's just not in the design, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? That, he that, created it to be. I have, I have three kids. Yep. We have three kids. We do. That'd be like <laughs> Logan coming to me, my oldest son, and being like, Dad, I want to be your son, but I don't want to be Carter and Kendall's brother. <laughs> I would be like, well, you don't get to choose because this is my family, and you're going <laughs> to love Carter and Kendall. In fact, the way you love Carter and Kendall is going to show me how much you love me as your father. Because yeah. if you don't take care of them, that's going to break my heart. If you are mean to your brother and sister every day or ignore them every day, that's going to make this whole household awful, and yep. it's going to break my heart because I love them so much mm -hmm. and the way you show them and help them is the best way you can show me that you love me it's really good well let's pray jesus uh we love you and we thank you that you are the god that left heaven and came to earth for us uh, for every question every person that submitted these questions that have come in i pray that you would meet them uh, where they're at for the person that's so angry god would you bring peace to their heart would you um allow them to just experience your goodness and would you heal uh the pain that they have uh experienced and would you just draw them to you um i pray for the person that's asking they want to be with you one day but they're maybe missing out on the relationship with you now that you would also meet them and anyone that's just confused they don't understand all of it but they they're seeking you god your word says that when we seek you, we'll find you. And so I pray that every yeah. single person that is seeking you would find you this week. Um, God, I pray that somehow that the people that are Christ followers that are watching this and for justice and I, God, we could uh, do your church justice. Lord, that maybe the people that, that the, the word religion and the crunchiness of organized religion, that we could be be people that change that tide, that people would uh, no longer be feel pushed away, but would be feel that they could be part of your church. And uh, I pray that we would all know you more and fall deeper in love with you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.